Hello and welcome to the Third Real Podcast, the show where we geek out over movies and TV shows. My name is Ryan, and with me as always this week is Mike. Yes, I am. And Dave. Hi, everybody. All right. Hi, everyone. Everyone's present. uh, We didn't have an episode last week because we were at Fan Expo, Toronto's and Canada's version of Comic-Con, the biggest event we have. Mecca. Yeah. It's it's pretty wonderful. Um, after after every time Comic Con comes around every year, I'm always watching it uh, online, streaming and stuff. It's like, oh, that looks so much fun! I wish I could go. Um, and then you know, a, a month later, we have Fan Expo, and I'm like, I'm good. I am satiated. Right? Because if you think about fan like Fan Expo, it's four days. We we did the four day pass. Yeah. It's a grind. We're mm-hmm. we're there from start to finish. <laughs> You're dying already. Your voice is gone I know, from the right? yelling Just, and the woo. Just exactly, just uh, flashbacks. But we're there, start to finish. By the end of day four, we are all spent because nothing yeah. like expo ends. And I, I've never really gone into many of the things after the fact. We've done a couple of late night shows. I think you guys saw some movies. Um, but there's like a masquerade. There's after parties. We've never oh, yeah. even touched that kind of right? stuff. There's so much stuff to do. And by the end of those four days, I'm like, I'm done. Could you imagine yeah. San Diego Comic Con's got to be that, but even ramped more. up? Yes, yes, even more. I wouldn't make it a day. <laughs> What's crazy is that there's as they find many my pe- body in Hall H. Yeah, there's as many people who attend Fan Expo as attend uh, San Diego Comic Con. Yet, oh, no really? way. Yeah, you can go on the look on the numbers online. They release them every year. The attendee no numbers way. and Fan Expo. I, I don't yes. know the numbers, but I know I know Fan Expo is like a couple hundred thousand. Like half and a million so, tops. No, no, they're both at about two hundred thousand. Really? Both really? Yeah. Point but every is, every time you see pictures of San Diego, there's like a million people standing outside waiting in line. Where... Yeah. Have you not? Did you not see the lineup for Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things? It was a million people long. It was oh, stretching, snaking through the building. It was stretching outside the building, snaking out into the streets. Uh, they had to cordon off a whole lane on the road on Front Street to accommodate the lineups. It was insane. Oh, wow. The Hobbits wow. lineup was stupid big. It snaked like three ways, a whole block, like back and forth. Anyway, we're going off on tangents here. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, one great thing that we had at Fan Expo, um, even though we don't typically get the great things that San Diego does, we got Kevin Smith um, yes, and we crew. Did. Uh, and he talked a lot, as he does, on various <laughs> subjects. Um, and he was recently interviewed uh, and asked about uh, future movies and projects. Specifically oh, this how... is one of mine. Is okay, it? But no, no, you go ahead. Yeah, I think well, yeah, he was asked here. about right. what the 10-year anniversary we're coming up to now of uh, Tusk. Yes. Yeah, and so no, what if he... Tusk has been out for 10 years? <laughs> yeah, well, almost. In 2024, it will be. Um, Jesus. So, you know, he, I guess he posed to us, uh, what if he did the James Cameron thing where he walked in, uh, wrote the word tusk, like the word alien, but put a dollar sign at the end for aliens. <laughs> uh, and that's brings you to, uh, one of his upcoming movies that he's in production on, which is <clears throat> Tusk 2. Tusks. Tusks. Dave, why don't you tell us what you got? Um, well... Uh, I got him talking about his idea for it was, it's like Harvey Dent in Dark Knight Returns, but he'll only ever see himself one way and he becomes the Howard Ho. So he becomes the guy 
because he can't rehabilitate, this is Justin Long's character, because yes. he can't rehabilitate from being a walrus, he becomes the person who turns others into walrus. So it's like Centipede 2. The person then becomes... <laughs> um, the abused becomes the abuser, right? Yeah. Yeah, which sounds cool. Um, I loved Tusk. I argue it's one of his best movies. Um, I think so... it's an excellent horror movie. Fits in with uh, all the other sort of crazy wild horror movies we've been getting lately. I just love the entire story of Tusk. Like yeah. how it started on the podcast. Oh, that, yeah. Which it was inspired <laughs> by an article from like a British newspaper, which sure. turned out to be a joke. It was a joke article. <laughs> and they read this and they're like, this sounds terrifying. We have to make this movie. Who's Because it was like the whole uh, conversation on the show was no one would ever make this movie. What a ridiculous movie. Yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to make this movie. And I think that was also the tipping point when Kevin Smith realized there's nobody at the door. He doesn't have to knock on the door if he doesn't want to. He can just make his own door Mm -hmm. and deal with the ramifications, like the touring and stuff, I think, is where he's figured out this is his model. But he can make his own stuff and people will come and see it. Yep. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I'm happy that he's going to revisit it. Uh, I guess we've lost, unfortunately, the actor who played... Um, Howard Ho, who uh, was yes. the, the uh, sort Michael of antagonist Parks. of the movie. Yeah, Michael Parks. Um, but, you know, Justin Long is game. And yeah, the, like you said, he's uh, he's got a story, he's got an idea, and it sounds fun to me. And Justin Long has confirmed that he has been talking to Kevin Smith about this too. Yeah. So it's happening. It is. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys are excited. <laughs> Come on. You just, it's its like the eight ball, right? You don't know what you're going to get. So give it a shake and see what happens. You know, no. we saw, we no, Mike not, and I I'm saw um, a screening of the documentary movie Clerk. Yeah. Uh, singular, no plural there. Uh, and it was about Kevin Smith's life, uh, specifically his filmmaking career, his filmmaking life. Um, and it touched, it pretty much chronicled every single movie he made. Um the ups and downs of each of them and it was excellent nice. it was so engaging and it really made me it left it left me with the longing to rewatch every single one of them <laughs> seeing clips of them on screen and hearing different people who were involved talk about them um i'm just like these are all this is such an incredible grouping of films that he's managed to put together uh so i i love i love his stuff i'm gonna keep watching them yeah, Clark was real good. I came home that night after watching it, after four days of Fan Expo, completely yeah. exhausted, and sat down and watched Chasing Amy again. It, it didn't help the fact that his <laughs> nice. Q&A was also like two hours long. He didn't shut uh, up um, in the best way possible. You still got to well, give me the recording. I asked a question. That was the last question. Oh, nice. Um, but he just wouldn't stop. They just kept going. And, and, and the people who worked there, you can see them off in the wings, just watching, smiling, hanging out, getting to see Kevin Smith close up nice. talk I was about so... his movies. I was so looking forward to that. And then to have the moderator ask more questions than the audience and constantly try to correct Kevin Smith. Yeah. The moderator kind of sucks. Yeah. Like he's like, well, well, so that song, that song, you, you, you know, you first use that song in chasing Amy and then Kevin Smith looks over him and goes, this song came out two years after chasing Amy. It was in, it was in red state. 
or whatever. Yeah, and his <laughs> method of trying to cover up uh, was by, are you sure? I'm pretty sure it was out in this and this. And it's like, motherfucker, yeah, like, you're talking to the guy who made the movie. What are you talking about? Yeah. First of all, you're talking to the guy who made the movie. Second of all, we're here for a Q&A with the director of the movie we just saw and Kevin yeah. Smith. Yeah. Maybe ask the director a single question. He never because you didn't ask him a, a question the entire time. It was anyway. all oh. Kevin Smith. It was all bad yeah. Kevin Smith questions. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah. but it was still great because Kevin Smith's a great uh, orator. Yes. And oh, you know, yeah, the yeah, audience yeah. questions were very good. The audience questions we got were great. Uh, I, I was a little upset that the moderator ended it since Ke- he, he asked Kevin Smith. As it was only hey, three you- in the morning? Do you have time? No, the moderator said, hey, do you have time for some more questions? And Kevin Smith's response was, well, I'm not doing anything between now and eight o'clock when I leave for the airplane, for the airport to get on an airplane. (laughs) So the fact that we ended at 11 is a little shameful. We should have gone to at least, you know, five or six in the morning. I think it's a law in Canada. They have to have some things have to like stop by 11. Yeah, well, it's bullshit. Speaking of conventions, though, uh, one convention we won't ever be seeing again, it seems, is DC Fandom. Oh, oh really? No. Yeah. Oh, I thought this the might horse. have been your other news item there, Dave. Come on. And no. in, in all fairness, DC Fandom was an actual excellent virtual presentation in a world where you couldn't go out anywhere. Um, they it, put together. They brought you into their world. Their first year, I think, was more successful. Mm-hmm. And I guess I can understand then why they're pulling away because in their first year, it was time locked, right? They're like, we're going to do this. It's going to run through. It's going to play through one more time within like 12 hours later. And then that's it. It's gone. This time yeah. it was, yeah, you can go back and you can find it in the in the stream at any point. I mean, uh, they within still got- those two days, you could just jump in at any point and then watch what you wanted to watch. But I like them, the the time requirement they had to like get you in at a certain time to see sure. them yeah um and i liked that aspect as well it felt like you were attending a convention exactly um, but uh <laughs> they're not doing it this year because they don't need to uh, even though they made a ton of uh like audience interactions with dc fandoms uh, things are open again they had more at san diego even though they barely showed anything so uh, they, that's pretty much their reason. They're like, no, we're back to in-person events and we have so many things planned for 2022 that you've already seen and are going to keep seeing. So no, no more fandom. So I sad. thought it was just, um, you know, uh, we're trying to keep Ezra Miller offline yeah, right? uh, for a little bit <laughs> and we just figured this outlet is not a good, not a good idea. Uh, we don't need to, to, to tempt the bear, to poke the bear and see what happens. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's too bad though. Cause I think, uh, I enjoyed it. It was I thought it yeah, I thought it was great too. Yeah. Um Do you guys enjoy John Krasinski's directing? I mean Probably. the the two movies he's done, sure. Yeah. Uh the are you Quiet ready Place. to see The Quiet Place and Quiet Place 2? Pretty good horror movies, right? As far as mm-hmm. horror movies go, I'm not they are cool, a, a yeah. good judge, but I understand you guys like them. Yeah. Uh well, he's making a movie that that's more my style. Um uh, well, not really, Porn? but he's making a movie called If uh, which is a family movie, oh. um, and oh. he's gotten Ryan Reynolds and Steve Carell <laughs> to join him for it. So Steve okay. Carell, Ryan Reynolds, and John Krasinski in a family-friendly movie. I don't know how they're going to make that work, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. I mean, honestly, you look at them, and really all three of them could be the dad in a Disney princess movie. Yeah, right? sure. Be, right? Or in any <laughs> Disney movie, they could be the dad. 
easily, right? You could just slot them right in. So maybe, oh, this is like the princesses are away and then now the dads will play. (laughs) Well, so what this if stands for is IF. It's imaginary friends. Um, Uh, Oh, are they the friends? We've seen, we've seen, um, what's his name? Uh, Ryan Reynolds recently in a family friendly fantasy sci-fi movie on Netflix. Um, I forget what it was called. But it got great the reviews. The Adam Project. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people were comparing it to like Flight of the Navigator or ET or something, right? Like it was a good, it was a good solid, that yes. kind of movie. Um, mm-hmm. And Fun so ride. maybe this will add to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think kind of I think they can easily be John Krasinski. I don't think John Krasinski. I've seen him do much in the way of filthy. Uh, for Steve Carell, when he's dirty, it's like this naive, innocent dirty. Do you know what I mean? Like he's sure. never being crass. He's being like, did someone say boobies? <gasps> right? Kind of giggling. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like 40-year-old so, virgin, that movie. Uh, he was kind of perfect for that. Exactly. Um, which was a raunchy movie, but he wasn't. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good right? point. Um, so, yeah, I think this would be great. Uh, I'm curious. So do you think... My first thought was, oh, are they the imaginary friends? No, they're the people who are now re-encountering their imaginary friends after that's years, That's what I maybe? bet it is. I bet that's why there's these three. You hit it on the nail on the head there, Dave, by calling them like the Disney princess dads. Yeah. They have that vibe, and I bet you they are supposed to be young kids oh. who have now grown up and forgot about their imaginary friends, and they have to rediscover their imagination or something. Yes. Um, which sounds great. That's cool. Drop Can Dead be- Fred. Mm-hmm. That was... Do you guys remember that movie? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was the same idea, wasn't it? Yep. She was. She was kind of the, a woman had a bit of a mental breakdown, um, and basically, kind of, it it, it uh, displays itself as she <laughs> reencounters her imaginary friend. Yeah. From childhood. Yeah, that was a wild movie. <laughs> yes. I need to rewatch that. Uh, that was something. Um, uh, yeah, it's cool. I'll be down for that. Uh, speaking of, of movies in development with an interesting cast, uh, there's been many movies we've heard about or talked about regarding about the, the GameStop stock uh, thing that went down. Uh, there's another one to add to the list. This one starring Sebastian Stan, you know, Bucky from yeah, MCU, yeah. Uh, Seth Rogen, uh, Paul Dano, and Pete Davidson. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the direct, the writer and director of I Tonya and Pam and Tommy. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Pam and Tonya was great. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. He, have you guys seen I Tonya? No. No. Margot Robbie. It's, it's excellent on the movie. List. It's a wild story told in an absurd way, a lot like Pam and Tommy. <laughs> um, and so I kind of feel like this is the a perfect person to take on this wild story of the short squeeze. Um, of GameStop in 2021 and uh, tell it in an absurd way with just a great cast like Seth Rogen and Pete Davidson. That is going to be pretty funny. They're going to be able to, they're going to be able to to ham it up in the, in the best possible way. Right. (laughs) So far, I think we've talked. eh? I was going to say, talk about contrasting casting. We go from (laughs) Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski and Steve Carell (laughs) to this troupe. It's a, they're, they're good groups. These are good they're groups. They're good groups, yeah. But very different. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and if you think of, together. 
<laughs> if you think about it, though, I don't know if, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Steve Carell are perfect for something like the GameStop movie, whereas... No, 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 I no. Feel, I'd also feel the other way around, like Seth Rogen and Pete Davidson in this Imaginary Friends movie? I don't know. Seth Rogen, oh, absolutely. I think it would... I think... It wouldn't be family friendly anymore, but I think it would still be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, I think I feel like their imaginary friends are probably you know one step up from um, Steve yeah, Carell sure. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds' imaginary friends. Dave, do you have a segue for us? Yes. Um, well, I'm out of segues. You, I've gotten to more news, a, but I'm out of segues, and now I've just realized we've done like 20 minutes of great segues from one to the other, and now we just hit a wall. Well, talking about great casting news. Okay, good enough. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, they have made some, and uh, they've made a casting announcement for the upcoming Wonder Man series on Disney oh, Plus. Okay, that's right, everyone. Everyone's uh, dreams are coming true. Sir no. Ben Kingsley is oh. returning oh. as Trevor Slatterly. Okay, very good. That'll be fun. Yes, I mean I the Wonder Man move a... show is going to be a weird thing. Uh, I thought you. I thought you were getting me hyped up for Nathan Fillion. For Nathan, I cannot find him. Every I keep typing in Wonder Man, Nathan Fillion. They're like, "What would that be like?" I'm like, "No, don't tell me what it would be like. Tell me it's going to happen." <laughs> yes. Um, now, I cannot find a confirmation that he's in it. I'm guessing at this point because they're announcing Ben Kinsley that he's not. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say with with She Hulk being pretty much a straight-up sitcom with just without a laugh track. Uh, yeah. Fuck yes, give us more of that. Um, I'm absolutely loving She-Hulk. I'm watching every episode that comes out multiple times and still laughing my ass off uh, every time I rewatch. It's so fantastic. I want more... I need... Uh, yeah, I guess we got comedy. You could almost call Thor Ragnarok a straight-up comedy. Um, and almost every MCU Guardians. project has... Yeah, Guardians as well. Um but let let I need it more on TV. I want it more on TV. Right, now that I've seen right. She-Hulk, I'm like, I need these quick 22-minute weekly episodes of yeah. superhero comedy. Um, and Wonder Man should be should fill that need, I think, for me. And She-Hulk is demonstrating that yes, it can be a superhero thing, but a superhero thing isn't the thing. It's a superhero action movie. It's a superhero drama western it's a yeah. superhero spy thriller it's a, a superhero, superhero uh, space sitcom. opera exactly a superhero sitcom yes exactly it, it really is a superhero is a character not a genre yes it's, i mean it lets you do things with the characters and lets you emphasize certain attributes of course right um yeah. so it's a story element that you can use now and I, I, I like that it's getting recognized just for that not as just getting thrown mm -hmm. into oh it's a superhero thing that's just for this group and and you know what? When you think about it, like the first three episodes of WandaVision is very much like this this old school mystery serial drama, um, yeah. like Twin Peaks. Um, and it's it's almost as if uh, the TV shows are Marvel's way of experimenting with new concepts and ideas. Which is great. I want I want them to keep playing around yeah. with it because I mean, yeah. The I I don't get me wrong. I still love those blockbuster superhero action movies. Sure, Infinity um, War, in the Endgame. Theaters. Hell yes. But I get that uh, people are starting to get run down by them. They're like, there's mm -hmm. just so many of them now, and it's when everywhere. you get like so three or four of them up. a year. Yeah, like yeah, we need some variety now. <laughs> change it up. Try a yeah. Try a comedy. Uh, maybe do a rom-com with uh, Ryan Reynolds. 
uh, somehow. You, so <laughs> Isn't that Deadpool too? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a Valentine's Day rom-com. Exactly. Yeah, I saw the trailer. <laughs> it, it lined up totally. I saw the, the billboards and everything. They had yeah. the billboards for it. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of Disney, we're we're all very much obsessed with Disney here, but I think it's a healthy obsession. It's one that includes the ability to critique uh, when criticism is due. Um, what are you are... saying about Disney? <laughs> well, I'm saying that there are others in the world who maybe take their obsession to unhealthy levels, such as naming their children after Disney characters, which happens a lot. Um, but I think where this becomes the most egregious and concerning is when uh, one of the most popular baby names is Thanos. Oh, that is that is true. That's a bad look. What? Yeah, one of the most popular uh, b- baby names right now is Thanos. I mean, it sits along in the same area as uh, Merida or Bell or Olaf, which you none know, of those, none of those are. Hold on, so th- none of those are the person who destroyed half the universe. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're, so they're are horrible you saying... names, but they, <laughs> the at least most... they aren't like. <laughs> That's like someone going like, I really enjoy the History Channel. I'm going to name my kids after the History Channel. This is my son, Adolf. And this is my son, uh, Goebbels. And this is my son, uh, um, fuck, I can't remember the name Stalin. of the Pawn Star guy. No, I was trying to name the Pawn Star guy. Um, <laughs> the fat guy star. number six. Yeah, oh, no, very know. good. That was a good joke. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, Because so, the History Channel is all Pawn Stars now, I guess. It's yes. all Pawn Stars in World War II. Yeah. So is this the the most popular Disney names or the most popular names for babies, period. No, like, uh, Disney, above Disney Steven, names, above Disney. Disney. Jacob, above, okay. No, just I was Disney. Like, oh my God, the world is over. <laughs> the most popular uh, Disney, Disney character name is Quill. Um, as far as like MCU names is Quill, like right. Peter Quill, which is Peter stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second, I, know, I thought though, that was cute. The second most I mean, popular Marvel-related name um, is Thanos, though. If you're gonna name your kid, if you're gonna name your kid after a Marvel character, why would you name him after his last name? You could just call him Peter. Yeah, I don't think they're counting that because there'd be too many Peters. Besides, then you don't know if it's Parker, right? <laughs> or exactly. Well, let, let your kid decide which one he wants to get picked off, picked over for. Not don't let do, your child discover him. their own Marvel identity. I think is the takeaway here. You know, oh, okay, here's a comparison, though, between a Disney name and a real real name. Um, Loki is more popular than the name Luke. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. that's concerning. <laughs> but still, Thanos? But don't worry, Leia is still more popular than both of them. <laughs> well, okay. I still Wanda, just Wanda on, has yeah. gone up in the ranks, I think, because of WandaVision. Right. And Doctor Strange and all that. Anyway, Doctor I, I, Strange. I've named a... my kid Doctor. Does that count? <laughs> oh my god, that would be an awesome name for your kid, especially if they don't become a doctor, <laughs> or if they do, Doctor Doctor. Hello, Doctor Doctor. Oh, what's your name? It, like they're a lawyer. I'm the lawyer, Mister Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jesus. Very good. Very good. Okay. Okay. So he's a lawyer, right? But he goes back to school and gets his PhD. So he's yeah. he's Doctor Doctor Solicitor, Doctor Doctor Esquire. <laughs> you name your kid. You came. You name your kid Doctor Esquire. So it becomes Doctor Doctor Esquire Esquire. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I was thinking it would be like the firm, right? So there's like the the butcher, the baker, and doctor. That's the the partners. 
Yes, very good. All right, let's move on. Um, I got I got more. I don't know. Do you guys have anything? Um, I got one. I've I've got uh, Harley Quinn has been renewed for season four, and oh, that's nice. the entirety of the story. That's good. With all the animation that Warner Brothers has been canceling, good to know they're yeah. not canceling everything. Yeah, it is good to hear. Um, um, I also have one that is exactly that long. Um, Lindsay Lohan has a habit of being in shows where she makes a wish and then her life changes, uh, like okay. in movies, right? Like sure. uh, she was in the the Parent Trap remake and all that. Yeah. Um, so she's doing it again. She's in a movie called The Irish Wish, where she is invited to Ireland for her best friend's wedding with to the man that she loves. And when she goes to the wedding, she makes a wish that it could be her instead of her friend, and hijinks ensues. That's See, that right. could be a Disney I movie. Thought, I thought <laughs> yeah. it was funny that she's in a, a movie, another movie where she takes someone else's spot. Sure. And... <laughs> she was also in, um, I forget who the actress she played alongside, but she's an amazing actress she played alongside with, where they, the mom and daughter switch sides. Who oh, that? Um, True Freaky Lies. Friday. Um, Freaky Friday, yeah. I don't think it was no, Freaky I know. True, True Lies. True Lies. Um, <laughs> True Lies J- is not... Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was the mom. I was just... Yes, sorry. I right. couldn't, remember the, the I couldn't oh. remember her name. I was just throwing out the other movie I could remember. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, this is a habit for her, being in a movie where she wishes she was the character... She wishes she was a different yeah. character in the movie and then plays that I mean, character that's for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Did you? Uh, it's um, just funny that she's when done you it said, three times. Yeah, when you said the title was Irish Wish, I'm like, this sounds like it's going to be racist. What are you going to about to tell us the movie? I don't know. Something. It's like Irish Exit. I don't think you should make a movie called The Irish Exit. Why not? I've got something interesting for you guys. A little uh, today I learned. <laughs> all um, right, let's see. Right. Did, did, did you know? Uh, that James Bond originally they had a, a in movie explanation for why his face would change every now and then. They yeah they explained it because the 007 isn't and James no. Bond is a moniker. No 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 no. So back in uh, when they were making Her Majesty's Secret Service, which was the first time they changed actors. So so far Sean Connery did it like six or seven times, and then they got George Lazenby. I thought Her Majesty's Secret Service was the first movie. No. Dr. No is the first one. Okay. Um, it might have been chronologically the first book or something, because I don't think they adapted the books in chronological order, but Dr. No was the first James Bond movie. Um, Her Majesty's Secret Service was the first time they switched a cast of James Bond to George Lazenby, who only ever did it for that one movie. Um, but in an early draft of the movie... They had James Bond receiving plastic surgery to alter his appearance so enemies would stop recognizing him, oh. hence the new face. How does that work if he's just going to walk into the first bar that he goes and goes, hey, my name is Bond, James Bond? Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. So was that is why they didn't do it. They realized, wait, that whole thing is part of his character? Does yeah. that mean we have to stop having him tell people who he is? Because, yeah, you right? would. Unless um, the overall idea was to have them think that there was more than one James Bond. Okay, but the, the the issue I have with that is in the books they explain that it's Do they a actually moniker. though? I don't think yes. so. I don't I I think they've hinted. I don't think they've ever outright said so, at least not during um the original author's run, maybe in subsequent books. 
I'm sure that um, I've read it in the book, in like the original books. Because I know that's like fan theories as to why they keep the actor M, but switched to Daniel Craig, while also still being an origin story for James Bond. How is that possible? Because, well, this is just a new person taking the name James Bond. Um, but that's just like yeah, fan like headcanon. M, M is true. also not a name. M is a title too. So M yeah. can change and Q can change. Yeah. It's but that's never been, people. that's, I always just thought that was fan theories. Oh, I thought it was in but the anyway, books. Anyway, I thought it was a, a funny, interesting thing that they actually wrote it into an early draft of the script that he would just get face uh, plastic surgery. But then again, like, like you exactly idea. said, as soon as they were writing and they realized he walks into a bar and says, Bond, James Bond, well, that's out the window. Yeah. Because, like, why are you telling everyone? I mean, it kind of would fit with the character to have him have expensive plastic surgery so people wouldn't know who he was and then walk up to everybody as he's, like, walking out of the operating room, introducing himself as Bond, James Bond, as he walks down the hallway. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of fits with the the movie. And I'm a spy! That's what he also yells out. Right, well, and I'm a then, spy and I'm looking for your secrets. After saying that James Bond line, he then just causes trouble anyway and says, yeah, exactly. Practically yells that I'm a spy. And it's like, yeah, we know Bond. We've been watching you. <laughs> anyway. Oh, James. Uh, you guys the only fresh other, out? Uh, the only other thing I have... Um, is uh, Disney make, made an announcement in regards to The Simpsons and their future. Oh, is it actually going to come to an end? So, um, The Simpsons are huge, and they figured, well, Disney has them now. I'm sure they're just going to keep running things with them. But Disney hadn't made an announcement of one oh. way or the other. They recently tweeted out, uh, The Simpsons tweeted out, saying that season 34, yes, Jesus. 34... Um, which I believe is what you guys started watching when you were five. <laughs> um, yeah. So season 34 is going to be starting on September 25th. Uh, shortly afterwards, Disney made an announcement. Cue evil cackle. Get ready for a wild ride with the Simpsons. Welcome to the club. A special uh, premiere episode on September 8th. Exclusive to Disney+. Plus. So it's them. They're doing a little short. And they're um, putting it only on Disney. And they're putting it on Disney Plus. But it's also them, I think, inviting the Simpsons in officially. Yeah. Cool. I mean, there are already, though, um, exclusive Simpsons shorts only available on Disney Plus. Um, uh, When The Force Awakens came out, they did The Force Awakens from its nap. And it's a little Maggie Simpson. Uh, adventure oh a daycare right. um, and that was only on Disney plus and still is so I think that was uh they, they have her running around I think she dresses up like Thor at some point and then as other <laughs> Star Wars characters <laughs> and hijinks happen yeah oh well I thought this was a big deal I guess all right well then fine <laughs> let's go back to one of your 10 news items then Ryan well so I'm got looking a big at, deal I'm looking at the uh, the viewer numbers for Simpsons um, it's still pulling in amazing ratings. Like, yeah. a, lot, a lot of television shows would kill for these ratings. Like, they're still getting 4 million viewers um, for per season. Like, this is something that a lot of shows will launch at 4 million viewers and drop off to half that on their second season, and then, like, half a million on their third, and then get cancelled. So, somehow, Simpsons is still going strong. It's shocking. 
That's amazing. And it all started um, as what? Um, a bridge in and out of commercials for the Tracy Ullman show? Oh, really? Yep. That's yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, a, Tra- it was a Tracy skit comedy Ullman show. Tracy would talk to The Simpsons. Like, say something, and then the, sim- the short would start, and they would they would have a short about whatever was said previously. Yeah. It was like like led into. It was pretty pretty fun the way they did it. So Simpsons has played Sunday at eight p.m. since nineteen ninety four. Wow, that's wild. They have camped out. That's why. What's that? Eight thirty. Nobody cares. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think actually eight thirty has moved because I think nine o'clock is usually Family Guy. There you go. So, do that's, you guys yeah. like the Lego Movie? Yeah, yes. sure. Um, you like the Lego Batman movie? Yeah, I yeah. loved it. What do you think of Happy Feet? Lo- I mean, love, I feel love, we're going in a different I direction love here, but sure, sure, sure. Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, yeah. I didn't finish it. Yeah. Um, well, the one of the people involved in that is the president of production and development for Warner Brothers. Uh, and oh, yeah. she is in charge of live action and animated development teams and budgeting. And... Mm. Uh, she is leaving the company. 33 years, right? Something yeah. Like that. Yeah, she's been there for 33 years. That there's no reason why she's leaving the company mm-hmm. mentioned. Maybe it's it the general odd. zod of it all? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, Definitely um, seems like that. You know, the fact that uh, Warner Brothers said they're going to pivot their content to cater to middle America is probably exactly why. That um, just seems like a I don't. I thought. I thought. How the can point that be of, a good move for anyone in anyone's point, eyes? I thought the Just point of of making content was to make it so that the most people could see it. Yeah. yeah. No one yeah. lives in Middle America. Like it's it's a wasteland <laughs> of morons and tumbleweed. There there just aren't people in Middle America. If you look at the if you look at the the layout of that country. It's they they make fun of Canada for like ninety percent of our population being along the U.S. border, but like ninety percent of their population is along the oceans. There's nobody living in the middle. If you, if there's not a water source like a big water source, there's nobody there. Yeah. So like, who are they going for? Are they trying to make TV show for tumbleweeds? Because that's all they that's all that's in Middle America. <laughs> Um, Arkansas, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Tennessee, West Virginia. They're trying to make it for, I guess, the Hicks. Um, the people yeah, but Hicks who don't t- watch TV. Well, they turn, they're... but they tune into Game of Thrones to see white people fucking. Um, you know, I mean, like, so... but, like they're they're too busy sleeping with their cousins and you know <clears throat> shooting. Yeah, well, shit. they probably realized that they stopped watching once they introduced a, a black character. So, you know, we want them back again for whatever reason. Yeah, no, I I mean I whatever whatever grow, is happening. Grow over the at, audience. Don't No, yeah. Shit on it. Yeah. Uh, obviously as you said the general zod of it all is Yeah. whatever is Zaslav um is obviously has an idea of where he wants the company to go and it's it's a terrible idea. It's a terrible. Um, so, idea. you know, we uh, let's mark 2022 as the death of Warner Brothers. That sucks. I had so much yeah. hopes for the DC content. Shut up, Mike. I don't understand why, but all right. <laughs> well, they you did do recently. You, I guess. They did recently. Their first major actual spend, despite all the cancellations, they are spending some money. Their first major spend was to bring um, Matt Reeves, the director of uh, all the, the, the fucking 
Planet of the Apes movies and the Batman. Yeah, yeah. Um, to essentially bring him in to Warner Brothers, like, exclusively. Uh, so he's signed a multi-million dollar, multi-year Ooh. deal for whatever he creates. Which, of course, includes the Batman sequels and the Batman TV show that they're working on. Um, and then everything else that he sort of comes up with. So, do you think this, he's going to be like their Kevin Feige kind of guy? Is that what you think he's bringing them in for? Or just for that Batman stuff? Uh, yeah, no. I, yeah, I think just for the Batman stuff and like some original things uh, he comes up with. Because I don't think... There's been a lot of rumors about who the DC Kevin Feige might be. Uh, we've talked about them just making it Greg Berlanti. Yeah. Uh, but obviously... With, that's the easy, that's the easy yeah. choice. I mean, um, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I would like uh, I've I've appreciated what Greg Berlanti has done for the the DC television universe. So yeah. he's an easy pick for the movies. Um, but I think they have to kind of. He would have been a great pick five six years ago when they wanted to get. Now they're shaking things up. They need somebody else. I think now uh, someone that can just. You can't do what Marvel's doing. You can't yeah. play Marvel's game because one, you're too late, and two, you've never played that game, so you're never going to do it well. <laughs> yeah. Play no, your game. See, no, Just figure it's not. Out. That, it's not. It's the issue is they have no patience to play the Marvel game. Yeah. Marvel game would work. The Marvel game would work for DC. It, it it would. It's the way you write a book. It's the way you write a good movie. Like the Marvel universe in its entirety is written like a good movie. It's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. And then there's a sequel, and it, the sequel has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And sure, it takes 18 films to go through that beginning, middle, and end, but it has that story arc. And Warner Brothers is like, okay, but we're just going to write the third act, and everyone's going to love it. No, we're not, because we don't we... have the first and second act to make us want to see this well, yeah, third we'll, act. We'll, we'll do flashback scenes. It's fine. Uh, it's I mean, if you're not going to do the work, <laughs> fuck, don't yeah. do the work and shut the fuck up and move on. But I think one of doing. the big tricks that Marvel pulled off as well was that they they promoted uh, the actor and the story and then it was the character because the characters that they were working with at the time were not notable right? like, Marvel characters. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Man they was D-list. <laughs> yeah, they'd sold off all the good ones so they're like, okay, so how do we do this? With DC, they keep leading with Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman because these are the big characters but they don't, they're not backing it with a good story. Wonder yeah, Woman, the first movie them. was good. Uh, no, the second one, say that, I, but... that was rushed. Uh, nobody was looking at that twice. Um, but when I see them coming out with the stuff like Blue Beetle or, heck, the Wonder Twins, that got me excited because these, yeah. are, the, these are the properties that they can just push forward and make a universe out of that yeah. no one's going to feel the the burden you, of these other characters. And you can characters. get experimental. You can try <clears throat> yeah. things, uh, see what sticks and what doesn't. And just because something exactly. doesn't stick, don't cancel the whole thing. Um, but, you know. Yeah, yep, I mean, look at the Marvel movie. Look at Marvel. The first movie was a, was a went gangbusters. The second movie was garbage. I mean... Right, we like, might like, like with, it, but the with Hulk the perf- did not the do way, well. With the way that the Hulk, Incredible Hulk, or even the way that Thor performed, box office wise and yeah. critic wise, Mar- Warner Brothers would have canceled after that and and scrapped the whole thing. Um, but Disney were like, that's not a bad thing that it underperformed. It's still, it was, you know, we still have something here to work with. Let's keep going. 
Um, we know where we're heading. Let's yeah, let's tr- keep trying, keep going. We've got a plan here. And yeah. it was that hype that they had been talking about this plan and that they were working towards something that I think kept the audience invested too. Because you went to a bad movie and you're like, oh, well, that's too bad. But we know, like, you went through, you saw Thor. Thor was okay. Yeah. But you knew it was leading to the Avengers. So you're damn right you're going to see Thor. Yeah. You're damn right you're going to see, you know what I mean? Because you Captain wanted America. to see, you knew Avengers yeah. was coming anyway. It didn't matter how they performed in the theaters. This was still coming. Yeah. And because this was still coming, they performed amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knew? Having a plan. There was something else yeah. I read recently, an interview with uh, John Boyega, who played Finn in the Star Wars sequel movies, um, just lamenting the fact that they never really went down the story thread of Finn as a Jedi. Um, yeah. And that, you know, J.J. Abrams laid that out uh, in the first movie. Um, it was abandoned entirely in the second movie. And then in the third one, it was just like touched on as a, with a wink and a nod to the audience. Um, a confusing one where he's like, Ray, I need to talk to you about something. And they get sucked underground. And then he never says what it is. And then in an interview, he's like, oh, yeah, that was me trying to say I think I'm force sensitive. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. And it's Meanwhile, like that's... in the scene itself, it looks, you're not sure, does he want to say something about the force? Is he right. trying to Is say he he's trying to in love with his her? love? Yeah. And then um... they never talk about it after they get under there. So, you know, it, that just shows you what happens when you don't have a plan. Yeah. Um, and keep going. So DC needs to have a plan and stick to it. And, uh, you know, I guess because if they did not abandon a bad plan, then you get the Star Wars sequel series, which is terrible because they didn't have a plan and just kept going anyway. Yeah. Well, and Disney uh, should know better. They, they inherited the, the people from Marvel. They should know better. Yeah. Well, we've seen Warner Brothers not do the right thing over and over and over again. Yeah. So um, not going to get my hopes up that they're going to do the no. right thing now. How great would it have been as a storyline to follow the idea of a stormtrooper who is force sensitive? Right, he never got to explore that because he was conscripted into the service against his will from wherever yeah. his home world is, um, and then as he gets freed because he knows he's doing the wrong thing, um, and joins the rebels, and then gets to explore his uh, force sensitive side alongside Ray, who is like mimicking the Luke journey. Like it's just it, there's so much greatness there to be mined, but they never did. Could you imagine if they had so Ryan going down your line? Where he got conscripted and all this type of stuff, and he becomes like the next Vader. Sure, right? That's, Send him down yeah. that path. That's a cool idea, too. Why not? Because, I mean, why wouldn't the Empire or the New Order who or the Big Bad, whatever, uh, why wouldn't they be looking for people amongst their own that are demonstrating these traits? Well, they the would Empire, be making their own... No, no, well, but no, the Empire that, is still a... powered by somebody with force. Right. If during your conditioning you see someone with traits, this is a weapon. Right, except the we Empire doesn't have that weapon. kind of foresight. That's that's the down the eternal downfall of the Empire is they yeah. don't see that, right? They uh they're they're too much focused on their own power. The Emperor only sees himself and his apprentice. And if anyone could seat, sorry, if anyone could overthrow his apprentice, then that's his new apprentice and he'll gladly kill his old one. It's like, they're very conceited and self-centered. They wouldn't see that as an opportunity. They would see it as a threat internally, which is great. That would, that's great storytelling too, you know? Um, but none of that was explored in the sequel trilogy. That's for sure. I mean, imagine a, a secret thing that the empire had developed a Sith Academy. Yeah, that'd be sick. 
right? Because well, we kind of I mean, got. So with under Disney's leadership now, with the television shows doing so well, we are going to get that Sith TV show, The Acolyte. Um, yes. Right, which is all about uh, far, far, far in the past of the Star Wars universe, <clears throat> the 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 Sith coming into, I guess, existence or power or expanding or whatever. So, yeah, we're going to get that Sith Academy. And I still want that sequel series to Obi Wan, of and I cannot remember the uh, the character's name, um, the Fallen Acolyte. She was the survive the one she survived Reva? from the Jedi Reva. Thank you. No, we because don't need she, any more of Kenobi. <laughs> no, not Kenobi of her. Okay, because she has been she's been shit on by the Sith. She's been shit on by the Jedi. She feels like she's been betrayed by both sides. Sure, but she still has these abilities. What is she going to do with it? What is her world going to look like as she walks this line between Sith and Jedi? How did that show even end? How, what was her ultimate fate? It was so forgettable. I think she walked away in the desert. Ugh. So she's still around. Um, let's give did her you to he- new directors and writers, please. We don't need the people from Kenobi coming back. I think it was Mark Bernardin, because it's usually Mark Bernardin, yeah. uh, who was talking about that last scene when uh, her and Kenobi kind of encounter each other. And she's like, you know, spoilers. Uh, she's going on and on about like how she couldn't kill the kid. She couldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. She's like, that could have been summarized simply as she walks up to him. She's like, I couldn't do it. And he looks at her and says, neither could I. And then they just keep walking. Yeah. Oh, what a great scene. Yeah. I got goosebumps. Oh, that wasn't, that wasn't. What yeah, because they because it just it. summarized their entire personal experiences. Like I couldn't kill the kid. He's like I couldn't kill my apprentice. He's like I yep. get it. Oh damn. Oh boy, so much, so much. What could have been? At least we're getting yeah. more Mandalorian soon. All we need is Baby yes. Yoda in our lives, and we're happy. More Grogu. Yep. All right. So I think this does this wrap things up this week. I think so. I believe so. We went on a bit of a tangent. A little Star Wars rant at the end. We love yeah. it. I mean, that's look, we're we're, we're fans of it. We're fans we of are. Star Wars, and that make the, a good fan is one that just doesn't accept things at face value and can criticize it and see its flaws and hope it can be better and then stick around for more. Actually, that's an abusive relationship. Um, anyway, it's okay. They can whoops. <laughs> yeah, I can change them. Anyway, uh, on that note, I guess we wrap things up here. If anyone agrees or disagrees with our takes, we'd love to hear from you. It's contact at thirdreelpodcast.com. Thanks for joining me this week, though, Mike. Thanks for having me. And Dave. It's been popping. It has indeed. And we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Pew, pew. Pew, pew.